There is only one firm foundation in this world, I believe with all my heart. His name is Jesus Christ. All other ground is sinking sand. All other living is sandcastle with an incoming tide living. Today I want to talk to you about the importance of seeking truth. And I want you to know something every week and I want you to do something every week. I don't want to be one of those churches that just teaches you stuff in your head that you don't take and do anything in your life. Because the truth is, yes, you have to know things. But if you don't obey and integrate what God tells you into your living, if you don't actually bend the knee and obey Him, living according to the truth of who He is and what He says, then we are living in sin, in disobedience, in brokenness, in death. And of course, living in death isn't living at all. So what I want you to know today is that seeking truth matters. And I want to emphasize this word seeking. In the Hebrew, it is one of my favorite words in the Old Testament. In the, in the Hebrew, it is the word bekesh. Uh, it is often a, this piel intensive. It's this most uh, intensive voice in the language. It is something that you do energetically, passionately with all of your heart. You seek the Lord. And, and seeking truth matters. And then what I want you to, to, to do in just a few moments, I'm going to go back and talk about what I want you to know, but what I want you to do with what you know is to fear God in humility and then to seek His truth in love. So I want you to, to have a new attitude towards truth that it's not something you possess and own. It is something that you seek and are under. And then what do you do? Well, in humility, you fear God, right? That, that changes your whole posture towards life. And then and then you, you seek his truth in love for the rest of your, your life. Now, in seeking truth, you know, you need to know that one of the most important questions that any, any of us can ask at any time is, what's the truth here? You know, I mean, literally, that is the question in, in, all time, in, in everything. If you're a mechanic and you're brought a problem, the number one question for you right there in that moment is, what's the truth here? What's the problem? What's, what's the issue? If you're a doctor and somebody comes in not feeling well, what is the truth here? And in every realm of life, moral, spiritual, physical, the question is, what is the truth? Because when you are aligned with truth, things work. When you are not, they don't. And we're going to unpack that. Guys, let me remind you that the whole point of salvation, the whole message of this book from the first page to the last, the whole reality of this story of of Jesus, of truth from another realm invading our broken world is that we are lost in deception. And that in the reality that truth is hidden here on this planet, we are, we are terminally twisted on planet earth. We are deceived, we are in the dark, we think we know what we do not know. And, and the reality is that, that only the truth from heaven coming down and beginning to illuminate the the, the light of God and the love of God in a dark world, that's the only way that any of us know any truth at all. And when we start to believe, the scripture says that we move from the darkness of lies and deception. And, and let me remind you that, that Jesus said that, that Satan is the father of liars, and that when he speaks, he speaks his native language. And that when you and I lie, we are uh, showing ourselves to be sons of the the, the father below instead of the father above. And again, lying is the natural language of this earth. I, I know that there are thousands of languages on this earth, but the truth is, really, there's only one language on this earth, and it's deception. 
but the language of, of heaven is the truth of love. And, and so I want to just emphasize for all of us that truth matters, seeking truth matters, and that when we seek truth, we are changed in Jesus Christ. 1 Thessalonians 5, 5 says, for you are children of the light and of the day. <laughs> the fundamental difference in your, your orientation. We don't belong to the darkness. We don't belong to the night, the scripture says. So we don't live in it anymore. So seeking truth matters. And I want you to know that. But what I want you to do with what you know is to fear God in humility and I want you to seek his truth in love. Fear. Proverbs 9.10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. We don't typically think of fear as something that is a positive in our lives, but, but like everything, um, you know, there are, there are shadow sides to, to just about everything. Fear is a good thing. God gave it to you for your protection. Uh, without fear, you would be dead. Uh, you know, <laughs> imagine trying to run across 695, uh, you know, in, in rush hour traffic, and, and you have no thought of the consequences for this. I can do this. Not even famous last words, right? The fear of the Lord is having such an awesome respect for God's power and glory and we don't use the word glory much anymore, but you need, to, you need to reintegrate the word glory into your life because it is what you seek, either for yourself or to know in, in God. So the fear of the Lord, such an awesome respect for the power and the glory of God that you refuse to set your own will and ego against God. That's what the fear of the Lord is. You know, when I, when I was little, we had a, a pair of twins in our school, um, you know, in, in eighth grade. And uh, I'm not going to say their names because they still may be out there. Um, but these guys were big and they were identical and they were, they were every football coach's dream. I know that our football coach, when he saw these guys transfer in, I know that his week was made. These guys were muscle. They were like three of me wide. Uh, they, were, they were handsome and... And they were just huge, you know, like twice the size of everybody else around us, all the rest of us eighth graders. And, you know, um, th there's just like this kind of respect when you're, when you're a, you know, a 90-pound uh, kid that, you know, I, I don't think I'm going to go up against them, you know. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to take both of them on at the same time. Why? Because you got common sense. The fear of the Lord is not that you stay away from him cringing uh, and, and you fear being near him. It's that you fear going against him the same way that you would fear touching the third rail on a subway. The same way you would not uh, grab a, a red hot iron. The same way that you would not stand in a, a fire. It is, it is the fear of his power and his awesomeness and it is the decision to, to kneel and to yield to him. So fearing God means we consciously bend the knee to God. I mean, we, we get a glimpse of his power and his glory. We orient ourselves into the reality of what's the truth here. Who is God and who am I? You know, am I God? Am I, am I called to go against God? Am I going to try to create my own reality in contrast and against the reality that God has created? Or am I going to align myself with, with God and what he has created? And, and to fear the Lord means that you, you bend the knee and you're not going to go against him. So again, fearing God does not mean you stay away from his love. It means you, you stay away from his, his judgment. Okay, get that straight. I, I need some feedback right here. All right? 
online, all y'all, okay? Are y'all nodding right now? So fearing God means that you fear going against his judgment, not that you fear coming near his love. Ultimately, to fear God is to be humble enough to hear God and brave enough to obey him. So that when God says something in any arena of life, whether you feel like it is you know, true or not, you, you don't go with you, you go with him, and then you, you demonstrate a bravery to obey what God said. Fear God in humility. Humility is in short supply in our world. I mean, it just is. A lot of ego, a lot of arrogance. And, and, and here's the simple truth in, in, uh, in our brokenness. In our brokenness, we often inflate ourselves. Uh, it really, nature does this too. From a cobra, uh, there, there are species of, of, of lizards. There are, there are like, uh, you know, blowfish. You know, the little bitty fish, the threat comes up. Poof. You know, it's like, you ain't all that. I squeeze you, there's just going to be a big bubble coming up, you know. But that's what we do. You know, I'm, you got this swagger, you know, I'm all, no. Right? I, I mean, the reality is that that, that, that false sense of, of, of you is just that. It's not the truth. It's false. And when you begin to fear God and orient your life to not uh, go against his judgment, then, then you begin to discover your true worth. And you don't have to be like the puffer fish or even, even a cobra. You know, like before a cobra strikes, you know, that, that big hood goes up and says, I'm, I'm big and I'm bad. Now, I'm actually going to agree with you, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's like, yes, you are. But you don't have to do that. You don't have to front. You don't have to act. You don't have to pretend in any way. And when we begin to fear God in humility, then we begin to seek his truth in love. Because again, we are not called to stay away from God distrusting his love for us. We are, we are drawn to his love. Just as a, as a child is drawn to mama, you know, just as a, a son is drawn to, to a loving dad, you know, just as warmth is, is emanating from light. And, and, and Matthew 6.33 tells us what is most important in all of life. It's to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And God says when you get the seeking right, everything else in life will be oriented correctly. So that whole section right there, uh, right above it, has to do with, with worry and fear and things like that. And God said, no, 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 no. You seek first my kingdom. Live as a seeker. And seek my righteousness. That's the opposite of, you know, sinning and setting up your, your ego and arrogance against God and doing what you want to do. Seek the rightness, the truth of God. And everything else will be given to you. So it's an alignment thing. Any of you all ever driven a car out of alignment? Yeah. Any of you all ever driven behind a car that's like been hit and the back end is crabbing down the road? I drove down a van a while, uh, behind a van a while ago, and literally the, the front wheels have to have been like a foot um, ahead of the rear wheels. <laughs> and this is like, how are you even going straight? Our lives will never be straight until they are aligned with the truth. And that alignment comes through fearing God in humility and seeking Him with a posture of yieldedness, not um, avoidance, but, but yieldedness to say, God, I'm not going to pit my will against yours. I'm going to receive your love and be led by love. So seeking is, is to acknowledge the truth that as a sinful human being, number one, I do not possess truth in and of myself, right? 
Uh, we've all known arrogant people, and we've all been arrogant people. Um, it's true in women. It is also true in men, especially in driving and such, you know. Uh, but when you automatically assume about anything, politics or, or anything, that you know everything there is to know, it's really a sign of your own ignorance. One of the cliches about any subject is that the more you get into it, the more you realize there is to know and the more you don't know. And, and that's not a cliche. It's simply the truth of the complexity of the reality that God has made. Uh, from, from a molecular level to, to the, you know, the, 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 the physics of the universe, it is infinitely complex, and you and I have a three pounds of gray matter that cannot comprehend it all. Secondly, uh, to acknowledge that, that uh, the truth that I'm a sinful human being means that I'm deceived and I'm ignorant. Well, Pastor Drew, that's just kind of harsh. That's not the question here. The question is, what's the truth here? And the truth is that as, as broken human beings in a fallen world, we are deceived. Now, that deception goes to different levels, right? It's some deception is really obvious, and, and, and uh, you know, the more carefully cultivated deceptions are, are more, more hidden and don't reveal themselves to, to the end of life. But we are all deceived and ignorant. Ignorant means I don't have all knowledge. And I, I think most of us would acknowledge that we don't have all knowledge. Do you know everything about everything? I see some hands going up there. You know? um, we're all living in the dark until we walk in the light of day, day by day, moment by moment, seeking the truth of, of God and, and his love. Guys, notice how God stakes out his superiority in the knowing department. Uh, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways above your ways and my thoughts above your thoughts, says the Lord, according to Psalm uh, 103. Isaiah 55 mirrors the same thing. Um, I mean, how far is the heaven above the, the earth? I mean, how, where does the universe stop? We're talking, you know, trillions of light years, and, and God's saying, yeah, keep going with that forever, and, and that's how much more I know than you do. And as you're thinking through life, and as you're thinking about how to live your life best and most fulfilled, just understand that, that I have an understanding of, of your best interest that far exceeds your highest ability to, to conceive or imagine. That's who I am. And we live in a world, let's bring it back to earth for a second and, uh, and to our, our uh, TV channels and things like that. Uh, we live in a world where truth is politically shaded, where it's r relative, where it's not absolute, uh, where truth is personal. Well, I think... Well, okay, I'm glad you think that. Um, but, but all this is the, is the, it's the arrogance of our God-denying sin. Because you see, the truth is ultimately objective in that it exists outside of ourselves. And, and again, you know, the deeper theology, you can explore yourself because all y'all are smart, you know, and, and you have the Holy Spirit to reveal things to you. Our original sin in Genesis chapter three was to be God-like and to be our own God. And what that brought was the curse and curseful living. And curseful living is, is arrogance and, and the, the brokenness of, of living deceived in, in toil. And God has blessed us with a forgiving, saving love that frees us from the curse and aligns us with the truth and allows our life to work according to their created purpose. That's, that's what God did. But when I when I set my, my imagination against God, then, then I, am, I am setting myself up as God. And, and, and here's a simple, profound theological statement, I am not God. 
You guys say that with me. And don't say Drew. Don't say Drew is not God. All right? Let's say it together. I am not God. So now it's on you to figure out what does that mean? What does it mean to not be God? What does it mean to be a, a, a loved creation, a, a, a creature of God's? Truth is ultimately objective. It exists as something real outside of our will, our imagination, and our desire, just as God does. You and I did not create God in, in our imaginations. God created us out of his imagination. God is not a figment of your imagination. He is real. He is objective truth. And, and he imagined you, I don't know when, but it was long before you were ever born and the foundations of the world were laid. God imagined you and knew just the right time that he would bring you into being and how he would, he would delight in you and enjoy you. Guys, you know, in your best, when you had a child, there was just the purest love for that child. And you didn't want to be alone. You wanted to experience life with you wanted to love and be loved. You wanted to be family and together. And that is what the Heavenly Father desires more than anything. He is the loving Father of a willing family. And when we are willing to be His kids through faith, we align our lives to His truth. We yield to Him. We walk in humility and not in arrogance in any area of our lives. And so we are all alive in a mystery that requires humility. And it requires this humility above all else. The humility to follow Jesus Christ as Lord. To say, I'm not going to follow me anymore. I've, if you're wise, you, you will reach a point earlier in your life, but it's never too late, where you recognize, I cannot successfully lead my life. Because if I do, I'm going to lead my life in a deceived, self-serving way that is going to lead to, to brokenness and the breaking of other people. I'm going to live a curseful life and I'm going to, going to spread the curse to others. But when you consider the claims of Jesus Christ and when you come to the place where you can hear what Jesus had to say about himself and then you begin to seek the truth of what Jesus, your life will change forever and, and you will impact the lives of people around you in beautiful, blessed, and, and loving ways. So, here's the truth. The only way to objective truth is to follow Jesus Christ as Lord. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. We cannot know our created purpose. We cannot know why we exist on planet earth. We cannot have freedom from the past through forgiveness. We cannot have hope for an uncertain future. And let me just say, for those of you who are young, hear my words for, for a moment, okay, and, and, and reorient your life a little bit towards, towards those I'm about to talk about. And, and those who are about to be the subject of what I'm about to say, just, just hear these words in grace. For those of you who are seniors, we hold you in high regard. Aging is not easy. You hear people talking about growing old, and it's easy as long as you're not accumulating any losses. But when you start adding the losses up, when the dreams that you had for your life and for your children and for other things, when those dreams do not appear to be coming, quote, true, it, it, is, a, it, is, a, it is a daunting journey. 
And I want to say to you that here's the truth at every stage of life. There's a way. There, there, there is a truth to navigate through all of this hardness and brokenness at every stage of life. There is life to be found in joy and love and peace in every moment of life. And that way is Jesus. I am the way, Jesus said. This is either the most arrogant statement in all of human history or it is the ultimate answer to what is the truth here. I'm the life. You're not going to find life anywhere else. You can try, but you will not succeed. And, and it's not that God has set himself against you to set you up to fail. It's like when you tell your child not to do something that you know will hurt them. You're not standing back going, oh, well, this is going to be fun. Watch this. You know, when, when, I don't know if you've ever done this. I've actually done it once. I don't know. It's just a silly reaction. But like you're buying a car, new or used, and you kick the tire. What do you expect? Like, like you're going to discover something secret hidden, like the, the tire's going to fall over, and the whole car's going to collapse in a pile of rust. And, you know, and just, and you're, <laughs> wow, I'm glad I kicked that tire. I'm the way, the truth, and life. You're not lost. There's a way. That's why I'm telling you in every moment of life, in every hard part of your marriage, in every health challenge, in every season of life that isn't easy, COVID, there is a way. And this way has a name. It's Jesus. And if you will call on his name, he will show you the truth. And you're going to find life. And his life is good. His life is, is not dead, dull religion. His life is, is all of the creativity of creation, all of the beauty of heaven. It is the kingdom come. And seeking this truth really matters. And choosing not to, to go against God really matters. So here's, let me just nail this point and, and I'll move on. Gravity exists. It doesn't matter what you think about it. Your personal opinion on gravity does not change the reality of gravity. What I believe about gravity doesn't change its essential properties. Physics has been defined as, as the science that deals with the, the structures of matter and the interactions between the fundamental constituents of the observable universe. Whatever. Simple truth is, you can be absolutely convinced, I can drop this rock on my toe. And I have such faith in fact, this rock will not even, it will float right here. I can see it. Can you see it? Picture this rock just floating right here. Woo! Oh my goodness. You can sing, I believe I can fly. But you can't. So don't try. At least not without an airplane. It's the same with money. I can do whatever I want to. Yes and no. Not without consequence. You see, the truth of what you can spend isn't determined by what you feel or what you decide. It's determined by your bank account. How much income you have determines the outgo you can have, and there's consequence for these things. You are not free to live beyond the truth. 
And truth is like an onion. It has many layers and goes on deeper forever. And when you become more humble and more of a seeker, you, you stop being so uh, you know, self-assured and, and so set in your own opinions and you bend the knee to the majesty and the glory of God and you choose to listen like a little child. When, when, when a loving parent tells a little child not to touch the hot stovetop, well, I can touch it if I want to. Ah! Mommy! And you and I, God says certain things in our lives not because he doesn't know joy. He created it. In terms of sexuality, you know, I'm going to do what I want to do. Well, no, 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 no. Father loves you. And, and when, when, a, when your loving father tells you not to put your hand on a red hot stove, there's a reason for that. It's not because he's trying to keep you from life. It's because he's trying to keep you from pain and destruction. God's the creator of all things. He knows life. He's the author, the origin of life. Maybe it'd be wise to listen to him, to find it. There are different kinds of truth. There's moral truth. There's scientific truth. There's spiritual truth. There's, there's truth in every direction of life. Like say you, you, you come in and, and, and your car has this electrical problem. Well, there's a truth there somewhere that will solve it. When you find that truth, it'll, it'll work. That's the way life works. When you get to the truth, things work. But, but the reality is, you know, your, your life has to be aligned with the truth for it to work. And you can put square wheels on a car. You could do that. There's this Russian uh, uh, group on YouTube that does all kinds of crazy things to cars. I mean, I mean they, they put like saw blades on a car and drove it on ice. They do, the, you know, anything. They'll, and, and you can put square wheels on a car and rattle yourself to death down the highway. And when you do, it doesn't mean God hates you. Oh, God hates me because my car is bouncing. No, you put square wheels in your car. And here's the truth in the physical observable, observable universe that round works better than square. Agreed? Can we all agree on that? Because it's more aligned with the truth. So, so again, in your life, in every area where you're, you're you know, square wheeling it, it doesn't mean that God hates you. It just means that you're missing the truth of how God created re reality to work. And, and the more you align your life with how God created reality to work, the more your life is gonna work. And the way God created reality to work is that you and I follow Jesus as the way, as the truth, and as, as the life. So, in all the, the realms of reality, right, in this world which is so divided and so angry and there's so little humility, there's so little kindness, there's so little listening, there's so, so little grace given, here's one truth that, that rules them all. Love. Fear God in humility. Seek his truth in love. John 13, 34 says, a new commandment I give you. To any Jew hearing Jesus speak these words in, in his day in the first century, immediately they would have had the 10 of the Old Testament, the 10 commandments carved in stone in mind as Jesus used these words. Wait, you're giving a new commandment? Jesus says yes. But I'm not gonna, as, I'm not gonna write these in stone as the finger of God. I, I am God and I'm, I'm going to write these on your heart. Every willing heart who chooses to be the daughter or son of a loving father. This new commandment I give you, love one another. 
No, I mean this. This is not just something religious and nice. This is not something on the edge of the side. This is, this is the truth I want you to live in and seek for the rest of your life. You're living in a difficult marriage, and it's a, it's a, it's a, a marriage where, you know, your needs aren't being met. Okay, what are you supposed to do? Love. As I have loved you, so you must also love one another. And by this, everyone will know you're my disciples if you love one another. And then go ahead and read John 13, 1 through 17, because it's, it's the beautiful picture of Jesus the last night of his life taking off his robe and washing his disciples' feet. That's what love looks like. And, and in, in John 13, 1 and 2, Jesus said, and now having loved those who are in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love, not only by the kneeling and the washing of the feet, but by the stretching of his arms and the nailing of his wrists. I am the way. What was Jesus' way? Love. I am the truth. What was the truth Jesus came to bring? God loves you more than you could ever imagine. He wants to forgive you. There's no reason for there to be anything between you all. You ever had something awkward between you and somebody else, right? And, and you know, like, like if you see them in the grocery store, you're going the other way. Or if you're talking with them, there's this elephant in the room, right? Jesus nailed that to the cross and there is nothing but open arms between you and the Heavenly Father. You have screwed up so badly, it's not even, you know, it's not even imaginable. I mean, you're, you're the shame of the family and the world. Okay. There was this guy once Jesus told about who, was, who took money from the Father and then went out and spent it on prostitutes and ended up eating pig food. And, and when he turned and came back to the Father, what he found was open arms. That's the truth of his love. That's the truth of God's love for you. 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says, and now these three things remain, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these truths is love. The ultimate success of your life is how closely it's aligned with the truth of Jesus Christ and his love. A square wheel life without Jesus simply isn't gonna work. It's not gonna work now, it's not gonna work forever. Financially, you can you know, decide what you think is the truth and, and ignore God, but it's not going to work. Sexually, you can you know, decide what you need and what you're going to go after and not listen to God. It's not going to work. Every set of square wheels or triangle wheels or octagonal wheels you put on the car of your life, it's just going to rattle it to pieces and you're going to be frustrated. But Jesus... Three questions guide our lives in regard to truth. Am I humble enough to seek the truth of Jesus in this moment? Right now, right here. The second is, what is the truth of Jesus in this moment? Does he really love me? Am I stuck? Am I hopeless? Would it be better if I didn't live? Or, or is he truly my way forward? Is he the way to heal the trauma of my past? You see the way I truly find myself and, and, and why it's a good thing that I'm alive. Do I really even have a life? Is he really my life? What is the truth of Jesus in this moment? And then for some of us, the question is, am I living the truth of Jesus' love in this moment? Am I being loved? Have I opened my life to his love so that his perfect love has driven out fear in my life? I'm living brave. I'm, I'm living 
being healed from the, the past and the trauma and, and the pain. I'm, I'm, I'm so overflowed with the love of God that, that fear has no place in my life for the future. What's the truth here? Guys, in a relative world that does not believe in objective truth, I'm telling you that truth really matters. And that if you and I will fear God in humility and seek Him in love, our lives will be eternally aligned with His and we will leave curseful living and we will live in the blessing of God's supernatural, unstoppable, Holy Spirit-filled love and, and everything changes. I am the way, the truth, and the life. All truth ultimately leads to Jesus. I believe that with all of my heart. So have you wrapped your life around the truth of Jesus? Around something eternally less in this world? And if it's been something less than Jesus, I would just simply ask you in this moment, will you, just bow your head for a moment, will you bend the knee, bend your heart, and would you in this moment allow God to lead you to Jesus or back to Jesus? If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then, then here's what you need to do. You need to acknowledge Him and call on Him as your Savior. And then you need to follow Him in believer's baptism as a symbol of a new life begun. If you'd like to receive Jesus, I'm just going to ask you to, to, to repeat these words silently as, as I repeat them aloud. Dear Lord Jesus, I need you. I confess that I am broken and sinful. I ask you to forgive me, to take control of my life, and to give me the life you want me to have. Father, I ask that in these moments that you would help each one of us to start, change, begin, humble, seek, yield, believe, love. And Father, I pray that our lives now oriented to truth, calling on Jesus, Father, would be amazing eternal examples in a dark world that we would truly become the light of the world because people can in us see the truth that God is and Jesus loves just going to ask you as the worship team leads us for you just to continue in your own uh, for, for a few moments your own you know conversation with God and and to come to him or come back to him to just move from wherever you are to seek his truth in these moments and watch him show you the way the life and this freeing truth